0: You are listening to the GTT Podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the CCB GTT National Conference Call. This is Wednesday, September the 14th. My name is Kim Kilpatrick. I have the great pleasure of introducing uh, Peter Tusek from Humanware. He's the blindness product ambassador for Humanware. He's going to talk to us about new, upcoming, exciting things that Humanware has uh, going on. I've met Peter several times when he came here in person to Ottawa to do workshops for um, kids and teachers of visually impaired. And I am just was always so impressed with his knowledge and his um, ability to explain things clearly and carefully and his, <laughs> his ability to hand me things that I could feel and touch and hold and play with. So i really appreciate that so thank you so much for coming on our canadian call peter if you want to unmute yourself then uh, we're all anxious to ha- hear your presentation
1: excellent thank you so much kip and thanks to ccb and i'm thrilled to be here um i certainly wish that i would have seen you more recently in person uh it would have been great to float up to to Ottawa or anywhere up in the Great White North, for that matter. But uh, we're going to do it this way. This is what we get. So I can't put toys in anybody's hands, but uh, I could talk about them and tease the toys, and then uh, we'll have to find some time, hopefully sooner than later, where I can actually uh, get get these toys into everyone's hands in person. Um, appreciate the kind words. And I am, uh, for those of you who I have not met, as, as Kim said, I am the brand ambassador of blindness products for Humanware. I am from Chicago, um, born and raised, and I have, uh, you know, a, a lot of travel in my daily life. So I will float from place to place outside of the last six months. Um, I will do a lot of travel. Um, I travel everywhere in the US and Canada, primarily supporting education, as well as rehabilitation and end users so really doing lots of training and workshops heavily focused on our braille product portfolio that will range from products such as the braille note taker. Um, I will be touching on kind of really what's new with braille note takers on our end, um, as well as our braille displays. So the, the brilliant line of products, which I will again be talking about new products. So new newer braille products, the Mantis Q40, which is available in Canada. <clears throat> and also the, um, the, the speech products. So products such as the Victor Reader um, Stratus stream slash track. so I work with all of our blindness products really at a uh, a conference sort of presentation level a high level sort of training side and then also I, I am a user so I'm totally blind um, and I've used these products for a long long time uh, in school as well as in college um, I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago and got a degree in Russian and history so don't tell me how I ended up here because I don't know. But I certainly know that I love what I do. And I love rolling around and kind of having a chance to do things like this and really uh, talking with end users. As much as I work in education, it's nice to have um, an opportunity to present to all of you, um, you know, who who are users and who, who have sort of, you know, that sort of need for these products like I do myself. Um, and then so what I'll do is I will talk about what is new with our product portfolio kind of running through what's new with blindness focusing on new features and then also we'll be talking um, and having time for questions because as much as i like to talk at everyone it's better to talk with you than to talk at you so i certainly uh, would love to to take questions once we are done so if you can save those for the end it would be fantastic and i'm not sure you know, uh, Kim, what the protocol normally is for that, but I I think it'd probably be the way to go as opposed to taking it while we're in the middle of uh, walking through um, the the kind of the round robin with the products. Um, What I'll lead with, and really for for those of you who aren't aware, I'm sure many of you, if not all of you are aware of what HumanWare does, we are a Canadian-based assistive technology company focusing on blindness and low vision products. Um, The company itself The offices are in Drummondville, Quebec, and there's also an office in Longay outside of Montreal, and that is where all of the humanware goodies are born, uh, where they are built, where they are sent off to the users all over the world. Um, So we are a Canadian company. We do have employees in various parts of the world. So I am in the U.S. We have about 10 people here in the States. Uh, We do have offices in Europe as well as in Australia, and humanware is as of this year, is actually 31 years old. And and like any companies that we think of, the Vesperos or or the the other companies in this sort of field, Um, there has been lots of merging and unmerging and re-merging and spinning off. Um, Humanware has been no exception to that. So we've definitely had a fair share of partners uh, all the way back to pre-Visuate, which was the original sort of humanware, upper echelon, if you will. Um, And we've morphed and, and turned in different, different directions. But what we've consistently had uh, for the past two decades is high quality, reliable, and cutting edge Braille products and and, and blindness products. I mean, Victor Reader also being really our most popular product in the world. Uh, the Victor Reader line, you know, when, when you talk about assistive technology and you have a product such as Victor Reader, which has over 100,000 users, you've done something very well in it and it shows kind of a testament to what it is that we create. So we're going to be here for a long, long time, um, as is, is <laughs> with a lot of recent sort of developments and partnerships. And I can guarantee you that uh, the previous 30 years will in no way uh, be coming to an end any anytime soon. So that's fantastic. And I'll kind of lead into and talk about what is going on with our various products. So I'm going to start and lead with the Braille Note Touch Plus. Um, it is, we, we do have the first Google certified Android note taker. Uh, yes, there are others out there today, but we started back in 2015 with the Braille Note uh, Touch, with the original Braille Note Touch, that is, um, which launched in early 2016. We heard a lot of feedback about the usefulness of the product and kind of where it stood and what it brought to the education side of things. As we know, there is a heavy focus on cloud-based applications. Um, today we really have a hard time surviving um, in the in the workplace, in the classroom, uh, without access to Dropbox, Google Drive, right, cloud sharing services. Um, and so we knew and we know and we continue to see that that's a very heavily needed sort of space for that Braille user. So in creating the Braille Note Touch Plus, we've, you know, upped our game in terms of the processor, in terms of what it is the product it brings to the table with Braille first applications. So a Braille first word processor, planner, email, internet, uh, browser, Chrome browser, all of that combined with the power of a mainstream tablet. So really looking at the ability to bring in some of those third party apps, um, such as Google Classroom or Blackboard or others. and you know, what it comes down to is not only creating that and making it useful, but also what can we be doing moving forward? So when the product launched and when we we, we sent the BrailleNote Touch Plus out and said, we've, we've reinvented what we did with the touch, the need then became, well, what can we do to make things more usable? Accessibility is wonderful, but usability is the key. Um, the word accessibility or it is accessible is kind of a buzzword and is, is sometimes lightly thrown around to say you can use this app. Um, and it's not necessarily the, the most kind of truthful sort of side of things because usability is what truly matters. Um, you can have the most accessible interface under the sun, but if the usability is not there, you're really starting to, to to struggle and you're looking at kind of that ease of use not being there. And that's not what we're after. So in looking at that one, one of the pieces we brought in and we've, we've really come into those usability updates and that will continue to, to be a thing as we move forward. Now that we have the platform out this year, we've introduced a full scientific calculator that will, allow a Braille user. So a Nemeth code or UEB math user um, to fully interact with it. So again, launching that was a big piece, bringing in one handed mode. um, Again, something that is very important to many of our users. Uh, We added that to the device earlier this year, as well as Braille learning tables. Um, And again, this is something for somebody generally who is newer to Braille, but the ability for you as a Braille learner to not be walled into fully contracted or uncontracted Braille. So we are able to follow Braille curriculum um, that exists such as easy steps or the UEB takeoff series out of the UK or the the, uh, Mangold method or others that have created Duxbury Braille tables. We are able to utilize those tables in our BrailleNote Touch Plus product so that somebody can grow into the device. Um, In addition to that, we've added PDF support in keyword. Everybody's favorite document format and document type is PDF, especially if you're a screen reader or a Braille user. Um, And I say that with lots of sarcasm, just dripping uh, out of my my mouth because it is so untrue. And PDF is something that we still continue to come across. and, And a lot of times PDF can be a challenging file format. Um, That's true in the workplace, it's true in the classroom. We have added full PDF, text PDF support in keyword. We do support image PDFs as well. So that again, keyword being our Braille first word processor um, designed with that Braille user in mind. So Braille first shortcuts. um, And and we look at what we can be doing moving forward, right? How can we make it so that a blind person can simply or easily follow a document with track changes? What can we be doing for that user of a cloud-based application to follow um, and interact with documents in real time, you know, moving forward? How can we start to look at that? So we have brought in some pieces like PDF support or the ability to put math into the document so that we can show math in UEB or Nemeth code and have that turn into print in real time. Um, a lot of those pieces have come, but we know we're not done. And so we're really looking at how we can move the product forward. I've seen some very neat alpha sort of tests with the integration of various online learning management systems, cloud-based storage applications, you know, easily moving information to and from the cloud in a braille first way. That's kind of what we're looking at doing on the Braille Note Touch Plus side of things. How can we continue to move the product forward by integrating mainstream apps? You don't have to always use the Spotify app, for instance, um, when we can make a better version in a Braille first way or in a more usable way to a blind user. And I think that's something humanware um, and, you know, we really are being conscious of Um, especially over the last little bit, especially with all this remote learning uh, going on of what we can be doing to take mainstream apps and make them more usable. No, we are not building our own version of Spotify. I promise Uh, it's not coming, but it doesn't mean it can't. It doesn't mean that if the need was there um, and when we look at the future of a product, even such as the the Victor Reader Stream, the Victor Reader Trek, what are some pieces? What can we be doing to really look at mainstream products that are services that are being used and make them more usable to somebody who is blind? And I think that's really the focus of, of where we're going. So again, with that BrailleNote Touch plus, the updates including one-handed mode, um, usability improvements, so PDF support in the word processor, um, the ability to have um, Oauth, for our Braille First Mail client, so again, OAuth. If, if I'm not speaking your language, don't worry. Uh, don't you don't need to know what OAuth is, but it is a Google certified security sort of level that our Braille First Mail client now has. So again, making it easier, making it more usable, just to set up. We no longer have to go in then the back end and change settings in your account and things like that. Uh, OAuth. We are now a trusted mail client. So it's a, it's a big deal even though it might not sound like it, um, it's nice in that it gets your Google account, it gets your um, Exchange account, it gets those accounts into a simple Braille first linear sort of email client. Um, and, and that's really what we're going for. So again, Braille Note Touch Plus, we will continue to see upgrades. Um, we are running Android Oreo, Android 8.1. I know the question will always be asked, when is the new update coming? Right? Where is the next version of Android? And I challenge anyone and and if you have ideas for what is it that, let's say Android nine or 10, 10, and I know now they're going, I actually just heard the other day um, that they've released android R, and i can't remember i heard the name of it it was something like red velvet cheesecake or something which i was into so i'm glad they're back to the sweets because q didn't have a sweet so uh, we've gone back to the good old desserts and you can you can discuss that on your android call uh, (laughs) when you have it next week Uh, but i know that you know there are um, if there are innate benefits that you can see from updating to those you know those those newer versions of android Again, looking at what those may be, just letting us know, because as of right now, we're on a modern version of Android. We're running all the modern versions of the latest applications in terms of any third-party apps with Android Oreo, and we're looking into what we can be doing moving forward. So it's kind of where we are there. Um, Switching gears, I do want to talk extensively about some Braille displays Humanware has had the Brilliant line of braille displays. I actually, the the very first Brilliant was um, sort of the Baum Brilliant, but had came out in about 2004. Uh, The Brilliant BI, which is the current, although not so much current right now, version of the Brilliant, that product came out 10 years ago. Um, The Brilliant BI 40 is about to be re- invigorated uh, the new generation brilliant is it's been developed it will be released um, in very early 2021 the new brilliant is going to be the first of its kind in terms of feature sets as well as productivity so I'm going to touch on that for a bit um, the, the brilliant bi40 will continue to have braille input keys will continue to have that same sturdy feel but what we've what we've brought into the device and what we've really tried to do is think about what is a braille display? And a braille display that we use with our computers, whether we're using JAWS or NVDA or voiceover, is really something that we use to, to read information that's already there provided by our screen reader. And some braille displays have basic sort of internal capabilities that are out there today. So maybe an editor or maybe a way to read books. And we took that thought process and tried to move that forward. And what we've done is we've come out and come up with the first, what we're really referring to as the first intelligent Braille display. Because what we're trying to do is to bring in more functionality than we would traditionally have in a Braille display, but not have the, all the bells and whistles and the wildness and in-depthness, if you will, of a note taker. So the Brilliant BI40 uh, will be the first product that will be in this sort of intelligent Braille display category, um, along with some others that I'll be touching on, but the first humanware product, strictly humanware product to have Bluetooth 5. Um, So we're very excited to bring Bluetooth 5 to a product. It'll be the first Braille display with Bluetooth 5. And that obviously will lend itself to, yes, a stronger connection, Um, Yes, a more consistent connection, much like you would have with an Apple Watch, or you would have with with sort of, you know, newer uh, AirPods and things like that. But also, really, we're looking at the future, and the future is internet over things, or IoT. Uh, Bluetooth 5 opens up doors for data and other ways, other opportunities um, that will allow us to do more than just connect it as a Braille display. Um, If we think about possibilities and, and what can be done. I mean, just from a big picture standpoint, we think of deafblind communication or other roads that we're going to be able to walk down due to the use of Bluetooth 5 um, because it's no longer just a matter of connecting and sharing Braille data. The product is going to have an internal capability, so it will have a note taker um, feature on it, so it will have Keysoft Lite light, if you will. Um, it will have the ability to work with DOCX and RTF and TXT files in addition to BRF files as well. So there will be a way to take notes, file management. So you can copy and, and move those files to a USB thumb drive. Um, the product will have the ability to create folders. So again, having that file management, that structure piece to get your documents to and from a uh, thumb drive or, you know, to kind, of, kind of to move them around or organized information. Um, it will also have a basic calculator but most importantly it will have wi-fi and wi-fi will give us the ability not only to push updates to the device but it will give us the ability to connect to online services much like you would with a victor reader stream and so what the product will allow us to do is connect to those online services so we think about uh sila we think about Um, you know, Bookshare through CNIB or or various libraries of that magnitude. Those pieces will be doable on this device. It will have stereo speakers. Um, The device will be capable of audio. At launch, audio will not be, there's no TTS. There's no text to speech on the device at launch. The audio capability is there. It will not be available or active at launch, but really what it's it's meant for as we go forward is the access to audio books and audio content Um, in addition to the sort of braille content that we're innately going to have by accessing those online libraries. And that is something that we really are excited about because again, one of the major challenges when we get into Daisy Books or we start consuming content is getting that content onto a device and taking it with us wherever we want to go we know that, yes, we can use our iPhones or various devices, but a lot of the times when we're reading a book or when we're doing something, we don't want to have to depend on A, a third-party screen reader, and B, the the kind of wasting of our phone's battery or using up kind of that critical piece when we're just trying to uh, read a book. And so these devices will have the ability to connect to online libraries via Wi-Fi. The Brilliant BI40 will have 2.4 and 5 gigahertz network supports. Um, and again, that really will bring in some of that intelligence that does not exist on any Braille display out there today. So we, we are looking to move that, kind of move move the chains, right? Think of what a Braille display can do. What can a Braille display do in addition to just being something that works with Jaws, NVDA, window eyes, uh, you know, voiceover, whatever it may be that you're using. And so we we definitely want to move that forward. The Brilliant BI40 right now, and this is where I, I joke about it. I wish I had um, Michelle Pepin from HumanWare with me because I'm horrible, terrible with Canadian pricing. Um, but right now there is an offer which I'm happy to find the information for for Kim, and I can do so rather quickly. But um, there is an offer right now where if you pre-order a Brilliant BI 40, um, you will and can receive a free Brilliant BI 14, um, and that product then becomes yours once the new Brilliant 40 ships. So the way it works is you would pay for the BI 14 today, um, and you get the BI 14. It is yours when the new Brilliant BI 40 ships you would pay the remainder, so the difference um, of that price of the BI40, and you keep that Brailliant 14 for free. Um, That is something that we are excited to offer, so you do get that free small braille display. The BI14 is a very simple, small braille display that does offer um, a very basic way to take notes in braille. It also offers the ability to synchronize those notes to the Notes app on your iPhone, via an application called Brailliant Sync. So again, it's something we're trying to, um, to help people. We know that right now we, we don't have 40 cell Braille displays. And so it's kind of a way for us to say, hey, if you want one of these new ones, um, we certainly want to, want to give you some incentive, but also understand that we don't want you to be without Braille. Um, and so it's our, our way of saying, Here's, here's a 14, um, and you can certainly keep that once the new product ships. So that is something that's available. Uh, one other piece is the Brilliant BI40 and the BI14 will connect to five devices simultaneously via Bluetooth, one device via USB. On the Brilliant BI40, that is a USB-C charging port. Um, the Brilliant BI14 or 1.4, that is a micro USB charging port cable. So again, you you know, we we want uh, anybody and everybody to come with us to come on board um, and we feel that it's a great way to to do so and to come in and join us on on this ride into this new intelligent braille display world. Sticking with that theme, um, I have talked, you know, about braille displays and about these intelligent displays and it's a perfect segue into a product that is available as of last week so as of i believe October 6th in Canada and that is a product called the Mantis Q40 and this is one that i personally have used for the last 6 months and i just absolutely love it 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 is Really something um, that I believe, and I, I'm so glad we we pursued. Um, this is a product that is a 40 cell braille display with a full QWERTY keyboard as opposed to a braille input keyboard. So think of BI or BI40, BI14, meaning braille input. Um, this is a Q, meaning QWERTY. So the Q is, is what that stands for. And so we have a device that contains full QWERTY keyboard as well as 40 braille cells. I am a huge proponent in using multiple tools to get jobs done and, and to get to, to participate in today's workplace, today's classroom. As blind people, and, and I know normally I talk to students and I talk about you guys better be using your computers, you better be using your JAWS, right? You better be using your uh, iPads, you better be using your, your braille displays. The biggest Piece of this is this will promote QWERTY keyboard usage. And I know also there are many newer Braille readers, um, those who are newer to vision loss and maybe lose vision later in life, who may be able to read Braille but have never written or do not write in Braille. So this product may be perfect for that individual as well. Again, Full QWERTY braille keyboard, so we can connect and use the keyboard just like we would, you know, any any external Bluetooth keyboard that is out there today. Um, mm-hmm. We have compatibility with JAWS, with VoiceOver, uh, with our our various screen readers, NVDA. Um, who knows? There might be some. Some uh, other users out there, various screen readers, I'm happy to look and see what the status of that is, but this product arose from a partnership with the American Printing House for the Blind, uh, APH, here in the United States. APH um, has notoriously had some wonderful ideas, but not always the most, we'll say wonderful way of executing those ideas. So they were looking for a solid partner to build this product and HumanWare said, well, we've built a few braille products before. Um, We've definitely had some experience with that. So let's help you with this. And they said, that sounds great. And we were able to develop this product. So it is a, again, a 40 cell braille display with a QWERTY keyboard. It has thumb keys across the front, uh, four thumb keys and a home button in the middle. And it's designed to work with those major screen readers, but also has that internal intelligence that I talked about with the BI40. Not all, not exactly the same, but pretty much the same idea is there. The Mantis Q40 has an editor. That editor allows you to work internally on various files, so DOCX, TXT, uh, DOC, RTF, and so on. You can also work with Braille files, so you can type in Braille internally on the device. So Perky Duck, um, for those of you who don't know what Perky Duck is, it's using your—I call it Perky Duck, but there's probably an official name for it. Uh, the the home roll of the keyboard can be used to type in Braille in a document. So your SDF keys are three, two, one, and your. Um, LKJ would be 654, meaning as you're typing in Braille, you're using that home row to actually type in, um, in Braille on the internal keypad, if you will, the editor. So we can work with BRF files and the device has access to online services. At this moment, so as of October 14th, 2020, those online services are limited to Bookshare and NFB Newsline here in the States. Before I came on this call, uh, because I I know and I'm positive the questions will come as they should. I have been told by our product manager, Andrew Flatris as well as um, others at APH and and elsewhere, that more libraries will be added. And the same would be true for, um, you know, what it is we're doing with the BI40. So we will have access to the libraries that you can access on the Victor Reader trek or stream side of things. I know that SELA um, becomes you know, one that, that is important to everyone north of the border, um, as well as others. I'm sure that we can certainly make that happen. But as of right now, the online services are, are going to work with Bookshare. That would be just the individual Bookshare accounts uh, from here in the States, as well as the NFB Newsline service now again more will come but the benefit there is tremendous because we can take and connect to uh you know take the device connect to our home wi-fi networks and download books and read them the mantis q40 does not have audio support there is no audio on the device at all um, the device is at, at some point may be capable of bluetooth audio but there are no speakers on the device, um, and this again, when, when we developed this for APH, it was not in the, uh, it was not in the the original specs and so it's not there. Whereas a product like the BI or the brilliant BI40 does have those stereo speakers and also will have a microphone for the possibility of recording notes and such. Um, the Mantis Q40 does not have that audio output, but again, does have that intelligence. So the ability to come in, not only organize files and folders, um, you do have a thumb drive slot as well as an SD card slot on the Mantis. Um, and you're able to move files back and forth to and from that fit those physical storage devices as well as that ability to connect to online services um which again will expand as we go forward so the, the mantis uh i i have used it exclusively i'm a jaws user um in addition to many other products i always joke that i'm like a walking best buy um in terms of the things that i have just with me at all times but it really is something this is one i would have loved to get into um into, into into everyone's hands. I, I once you feel the product, you really uh, are people are really really enjoying using it. It is not a small crammed in keyboard. Um, the spacing of the keys is great, as it's what you would expect from a laptop or from a from a, a nice full size computer keyboard. It, it, you are not jammed into a small form factor, and I think that also is very important. Um, there are there are function keys across the top of the device, so the ability to Um, not have to do some sorts of crazy kind of, you know, acrobatics to make a F2 or an F5. Um, You can easily do that with, uh, with the Mantis because it does have function keys. Again, we'll connect to five simultaneous Bluetooth devices, one USB device. And that also like the BI40 is USB C. So USB type C in terms of charging, And then also you have a USB thumb drive slot uh, and an SD card slot on the Mantis Q40. So again, just to kind of recap, um, talked about BrailleNote Touch Plus, uh, touched again on what we're doing in terms of usability, bringing in those features, um, thinking about what's coming on Braille displays. So the new BI40 from HumanWare out early, early, early 2021. That product, um, first of its kind with Bluetooth 5, um, stereo speakers, Again, having the ability to interface and connect with online services um, and, and really bringing what a braille display you know, is, kind of moving that forward. And then talking about a product that is available uh, and is distributed by Humanware in Canada, and that is the Mantis Q40. That being a full QWERTY braille display, 40 cells, with some of that online functionality as well, but not having that audio, you know, some of those that the Bluetooth five those sorts of pieces. The mantis, though, as a user, I think opens up so many doors uh, on and, and in a workplace. Um, for that education side of things to promote QWERTY typing. Uh, a lot of us struggle and don't have the greatest QWERTY typing skills and that's okay, but it doesn't mean that we can't develop those skills. So I think the product is is wonderful and I'm really, really proud and glad that HumanWare has gotten this out the door. The reception has been fantastic. The other piece to mention on the Mantis Q40 is we are working with the new HID protocol that Apple and and Android and ourselves and a lot of these uh, braille display manufacturers have worked on. So it's the first product to work on the new HID standard. And where that's important is when we pair the device, we're so used to coming in on our iPhones and setting up a braille display by going to accessibility and then going to voiceover and then going into braille and pairing your braille display. With the Mantis Q40, you just go into Bluetooth. You pair it as a Bluetooth keyboard and boom, your braille's going to work because it's using the new protocol. So there is that's that's been cool and we'll continue to see those sorts of developments with the new HID protocol. I've heard some very neat rumblings, if you will, um, about what may be happening with Android and their Braille support and some of that other stuff. So there are some neat um, advancements coming on the on that sort of Braille display front, as well as just compatibility with main screen screen uh, screen readers. Okay, switching gears, I promise I'm almost done. Um, And then we can we can have lots of questions and and lots of dialogue. Uh, But I want to talk about the Victor reader line of products before opening it up for various questions. Um, As I said at the onset here, the Victor Reader is certainly our most used product in the world. Uh, We have users all over. I personally used a Victor Reader all through college. I still use it all the time as much uh, exposure as I have to tablets and all sorts of devices. I still find it to be my preferred method for podcasts and my preferred method for reading books. Hands down. Um, I have, I was saying earlier, um, I've been going through, I, I've, I have COVID and I've been sitting at home for the last couple of weeks, not leaving the door, um, to not expose anyone to this. And I have read a lot of books, lots and lots of books. And, I've done so on my Victor Reader track and it has been and continues to be my preferred way of doing it because it just is so easy and I'm not burning through the battery on my phone. Uh, But the product is about to go through a major upgrade and I'm referring to the Victor Reader track. So we still certainly have the Victor Reader stream, second generation. Um, I have seen and heard rumors all over the place outside of Humanware that the product is done and we no longer sell it and this and that, and that's not true. Um, The product is still absolutely supported, absolutely sold. Um, we certainly, it's not going anywhere. That doesn't mean that the product is going to live forever and and won't be changing at some point. Um, The product came out in 2013, so if you think about the phone or the computer you were using in 2013, there's always one or two of you may still be using that computer, but we've got to be thinking about what will lie ahead for a product like the Victor Reader Stream, and what can we be doing to, again, bring in more usability and make that a more seamless product with today's environment, so we're always looking at that, but With the Victor Reader Trek, so for those of you who uh, are not aware, the Victor Reader Trek is a digital talking book player, just like the Victor Reader stream is, allows you to have all of the functionality of a Victor Reader stream. So being able to download books wirelessly, being able to have internet radio, podcasts, um, access to Wikipedia and Wiktionary, all of that. In addition to GPS functionality and the GPS side, meaning a, a, auditory or a blindness sort of based GPS system. The The product came out and began shipping in 2018. And we heard lots of feedback. Yes, lots of positive feedback, but certainly lots of feedback that was very questioning as to the reliability and usability of the maps that we were working with. Um, we certainly did not foresee that. And I think a lot of times, you know, in using the product, sometimes it worked great. And sometimes your maps were just not that stable. So what we did is we had to go back to the drawing board. Um, And when you do something like that, you really, it's not as simple as saying we want to use a new map. Um, It is something that takes many, many months, because you have to work out licensing and all kinds of licensure, fees and usage and rights and lots of things when you're trying to use maps but we came to an agreement with a company called here maps, which is they're not, it's, it's not like there are 25 companies to choose from, um, don't get me wrong. We weren't, we weren't shopping our uh, going map shopping, if you will, but we were working with a couple of, of companies and here maps is by far going, it, it will be the best decision for us because here maps are being used in autonomous vehicle research um, companies like Audi, companies like Ford, and others are using HERE maps. So if you, if you go to their website, it's H-E-R-E, HERE maps. Uh, HERE maps are what we're going to be using on the Victor Reader track. These maps, I had we had thought they would be out sometime in the middle of summer. It's proving to be more difficult. Um, we are in our final beta round. So they are and have been making the rounds um, and they're pretty close to being released i i know we might have one more small beta cycle to go um, but they will be out within the next few weeks i'd say to month or somewhere around there depending on how this final round goes but the product will receive brand new maps these maps will have better um, points of interest um, again on the old maps we were using you might see standing outside of a McDonald's and look for a point of interest and your McDonald's wasn't there. Um, you might've been you know, right next to or, or outside of the grocery store and you wouldn't see it. So we've, we've had a great improvement on the point of, a point of interest sort of search. But most importantly, the, the accuracy, the ability to have the device really tell you the most important thing to a blind traveler, where am I, what intersection am I coming up to and what type of intersection is that? The information is going to be far more accurate as well as the ability now to virtually or you know explore your surroundings while offline. And what I mean by that is map browsing mode um, is something that for any of our longtime users of our products, so somebody who may have used a BrailleNote PK or Apex um, or, or older BrailleNote products, you may have been familiar with the Sendero GPS side of things, with that Sendero GPS, and I was a, a strong big-time user of the Sendero GPS, one of the greatest things for me, because I love maps and spaces and travel, was that you could virtually walk around a city and and in your head, without leaving anywhere, you could learn about what streets went where and turn right and walk this way and turn left and walk that way. We are now bringing that feature to the Victor Reader Track, So the ability for you to... Go to that conference before you even get there. Put yourself outside at at that hotel and actually walk around street by street by street, um, and and get a sense of the the lay lay of the land. In addition to the points of interest that may be around, this is something. Again, we talk so much at HumanWare about Braille literacy, um, and I I am and we are huge proponents of Braille literacy, but environmental literacy is just as important. And this is such a tremendous piece, this map browsing mode that I, I, again, it puts that product back on the map. Um, it is something that will be very useful to all of us. I mean, even someone who's not blind, right. Having the ability to, um, to to virtually walk around maps is very important. So, and I'm not saying that someone who isn't blind or, or visually impaired is going to use this product, but I'm saying that that feature is something that a sighted person takes for granted because you they will just say, well, what's around here? And they just kind of drop a pin or they just move themselves forward on a map and look at what's ahead or or, you know, can kind of move down the street. We can now do the same thing. Um, and it's something that we've struggled to do on mobile devices for for many years. So it's finally something that's back into the, um, lexicon of what it is we can do with a, with a product like the Victor reader Trek. So that virtual map exploration, again, what also sets the product apart is the ability to drop landmarks. Um, I am a, I I know Jerry was in here talking that he's saying that he talks to Mr. Greg Stilson about baseball a lot. And, um, You know, I'm a White Sox season ticket holder. I go to lots of White Sox games um, when I can. Obviously, this year was a little rough uh, because you didn't go to any. But when I'm there, uh, I sometimes will go on my own and I landmark or I drop a landmark in the open area near where the gate is that's closest to my seats. No matter how many times I go, there's always a crowd. There's always something. That landmark always is my anchor point and gets me easily to where I need to be. That ability for us to drop a pin in an open area or to landmark a route or, or, you know, is something that is so crucial, maybe when we're in a college campus or maybe when we're on a hike, um, maybe when, you know, as, a, as we're walking a, a route that we may, we may walk every day, that still keeps the product very relevant as well. So again, that auditory pedestrian system, um, GPS system is something that we still believe in. There aren't too many left. Um, there was a time where there were more products that could do that sort of um, pedestrian sort of guiding and that's not to say that there are not iPhone apps that can do it as well. I mean some of us may use blind square may use the the new um, good maps, which I'm very excited for on the iPhone and others but this is a push button standalone system that we find we we still find and believe in very strongly that there is a use case for so um it will be getting updates the product is not you know, going to stagnate. Um, we, there, we have a new product manager here who has just recently started on the Victor reader line of products and she is fantastic and really getting her, getting her feet underneath, uh, herself to, to start and propel this and other products forward in the Victor reader line. So we're really glad to have a new product manager with a new vision on board. Um, and, and I, I just, when we look at everything as a whole, and yes, I'm very biased, right? I wear a human wear hat, um, but I am a blind person. So I, I, when I take my human wear hat off and I think about what it is that human wear is doing and what we're looking at, in terms of our product set, um, and I don't really get into the low vision side, but when we think of it from a blindness product standpoint, we think about a new category of Braille displays, meaning this intelligent sort of Braille display side of things. We think about a QWERTY Braille display or something that just has not been done, right? Having the benefit, an all-in-one solution to using JAWS, your iPhone, your iPad, uh, all in one place and quickly move between them with your QWERTY Braille display. We think about the moving that usability goalpost forward with what we're doing on the BrailleNote touch plus. So again, bringing in more functionality and eventually having just more seamless ways to interact with the cloud to interact with mainstream apps and such um, to have that Google certified Braille device. And then we look at this, the the trek side and being able to work with online sort of, uh, you know, services, but really being able to browse our maps to have new and reliable maps, but to be able to explore five states away without actually, you know, having to go there Um, sitting in Alberta and exploring a neighborhood in Toronto. I think those, those pieces are, are very important. And it gives me a lot of confidence in what humanware is doing um, through, through the products and through the partnerships. So yes, we we have lots of partnerships as well, but I think um, we're going to continue to move all of that forward. And it it is exciting to me. Uh, I definitely want to kind of stop babbling because I, I'm in dire need of some, something to drink, but, uh, I'd like to, if, if possible take some questions and, uh, and also if, if somebody wanted to, I can certainly demonstrate, um, some of the, the Braille note or the Victor reader side of things as well. I can't demonstrate the mantis cause there's no speech and I actually, um, have some beta stuff going on. So I had to send it in for some new, new, uh, hardware, but, um, but I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm happy to demonstrate. And I really very much appreciate everyone's time. I know it is, uh, you know, Wednesday and everyone's got lots of things going on and I really appreciate everyone being here. So I'd love questions and thank you so much, Kim. Thanks CCB and thank you to everyone for being here.
0: Well, thank you, Peter. Let's let you have a a voice a little bit of a rest. (laughs)
2: Hello, Peter. Very excellent production uh, or presentation rather. Thank you for all the terrific information. I just want to ask one quick question about the Q40 that I heard a rumor or someone commented and it doesn't make any sense to me that the QWERTY keyboard can only be used locally. You could not use the QWERTY keyboard to interact with a connected device like a laptop, for example. I hope that's not true.
1: Oh, that is extremely untrue. <laughs> no, no. The whole point of the product is to be able to use that QWERTY keyboard in terminal mode. Um, it's, it's, you can certainly use the the QWERTY keyboard takes the place um, as any Bluetooth keyboard would. So if I'm using, you know, my, my iOS device, I'm using voiceover, I'm controlling that with the QWERTY keyboard as same with JAWS or NVDA. Um, and the, the, I'm not sure where that may have come from, but no, it, it will certainly absolutely work um in, in terminal mode. That's really the whole driving force of the product is to have that QWERTY input with the braille output simultaneously.
2: Okay, that's really good to hear. It's not so much important as to where it originated as to if I, I wanted pos- to make sure it wasn't. Well, I, I wonder be so one propagated, thing, maybe, you know.
1: Maybe it could have come from the fact that when you use Braille input. So if I'm using the Braille keys to type Braille, meaning, you know, F FDS is one, two, three, and JKL is four, five, six, that is reserved for internal usage. So when I'm in the, the editor or when I'm in the calculator, or that would be the only place I can type in Braille for input reasons. And maybe that you can't use that in terminal mode um, because it wouldn't make sense, but you Maybe maybe someone was confused on that front.
2: Oh, that could well be w- what it was. So I, I, anyway, I'm relieved to know that the QWERTY end of things, which is you, you know basically the raison d'être for the whole product, is actually working. It, it, it would be like inventing a car that can only back up or something.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't make too much <laughs> sense. And I and the other side of it too is, I mean, there are I've talked to a couple of cited teachers um, who actually use the Mantis Q40, when their student isn't using it, they're using it as their keyboard just because it's so easy, to, you know, as their Bluetooth keyboard, um, just because the keyboard will work if the screen reader is not running. Um, because again, it's connected with that HID protocol. So even if JAWS is not on, that keyboard is still working with your PC. So it, it, it works even, even without Braille.
2: Okay, that's great. As a former HumanWare product manager, I'm glad that uh, they're on still on top of innovations. Really good news. Uh, thanks Gary, again for be- the presentation. It's because
1: you were here, man. That's why we're keeping it going. You set the trend.
2: I was always known as the audio guy because I'm not a braille user. So,
1: <laughs> well, we're just we're keeping that trend of I mean just being with it, keeping it going. So. Um can I
0: just ask a quick question related to that so when you're typing in braille in the in the um applications internal applications, when you're typing say letter d in braille you you do the three the three uh, keys at the same time you don't have to press.
1: Yes, yeah, so if you're in the internal editor, so if I'm in a, a note, the note taker side of the Mantis Q40, if I'm in a new document, if I want to, I can switch to Braille input and use, if I wanted to type a D, for instance, dots one, four, five, I would be pressing F, J, and K to type yes, that D. Together. But it, it, together, yes. That is if I want to. And that is reserved for, again, when I'm internal. If I'm you, controlling JAWS, I would not do that.
0: No. And if you're internal, though, the spacebar and the enter key work the same, like on the QWERTY keyboard, like they would, if you're, even if you were typing in Braille, you yeah, would just yes. enter with
1: the enter key. You would press enter with semicolon and, and backspace would be, uh, oh, a,
0: okay, yep, okay. it
1: becomes an eight dot keyboard. Yeah, but again, you don't have it. to do that. So if you were, if you were internal and you wanted to use QWERTY, you certainly can do that as well. And just type QWERTY on, internally on a, on a. Word document. It's mainly that if somebody wants to work with a BRF file, maybe they have music or they have, for some reason they have notes in Braille, they can work with those. You don't have to QWERTY type into a Braille file. Okay, if awesome. You don't want to. Yeah. Thank, thank you.
2: Yes, uh, I too am not a Braille user, so my question has to do with uh, the Victor side, but I also have a, a quick point. You mentioned earlier that uh, you were uh, you were looking for uh, something sweet that would go with Q, and <laughs> I immediately thought of quince. It's a fruit.
1: Uh, it is. Anyway. A, it is a fruit, and my father is from Bosnia, and they make brandy out of it. There you go. Funny I didn't think I am, of it. <laughs> I'm familiar with the quince for sure.
2: <laughs> my question has to do with the Victor Reader Stream. Not so much the Trek. Will there ever be a generation three?
1: I would think there, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying, the, the if it, the question is if, as opposed to when, the answer is absolutely. Um, I, I don't know when that may be, but we certainly have to look at what we can do to bring that product forward. Um, as I'd said, I mean, that product came out in 2013. Um, it has had a tremendous run. I still use it, uh, I love it, but I think, I think we in a, you know, just as a, as a company need to be looking at, at a new version of the product. Um, I know that's on the radar. And so, yes, at some point we would certainly like to see a newer or, you know, a new generation of that product, but I am never going to say anything about uh, <laughs> about when that may, may be, but it's certainly something we want to do. Um, we have, if there's any product that we have a tremendous amount of requests for feature requests um, it, it is it is absolutely that product. And and we have a new product manager and we're really excited. So I, I would not be surprised if we saw a new iteration of the Victor Reader stream some point relatively soon, but it's not like there's something, you know, imminent. I mean, there's nothing's coming in the next couple of months or something that I'm aware of unless I'm just totally uh, kept uh, in the dark, so to speak, but I'm sure I'm not. I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, you know, thank you. Thank you.
3: Okay. I, when I came to know about braille display, I was so happy that we're going to get junky books out and all those heavy <laughs> books.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: And so I went with the braille edge as uh, like, you know, I was really happy mm-hmm. till some problems occurred. And I know that I can't connect to internet with it and all that stuff. So my next move will be going with human wear product. I mean, I have used your VictorStream. I really liked it, but mm-hmm. now the battery is not uh, charging so properly. So, and I don't feel comfortable, you know, all my favorite podcasts on VictorStream. So I miss that.
1: Is, is the podcast gone?
3: No, the podcast is there. Mm -hmm. The subscriptions are there. It's just the battery, you know, when I plug it it in, it doesn't stay
1: charged. I would strongly recommend getting a new battery. Um, It's certainly something that would give you battery life again. and, And those batteries, like any battery, I think really once you get to about the... I, the rule of thumb uh, I've always kind of give folks is 500 charging cycles. So that could be anywhere from a couple, of, really a couple of years. But 500 charges, your iPhones, your cordless phones, your computers, anything really is going to start to show some wear and tear after that. And 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 for some, I've met users who have come up to me at conferences who have first generation streams that work flawlessly after 12 years, and I'm like, hey, that's awesome. Uh, that's but I would. Years I would good. I would definitely, you know, recommend um, possibly getting a new battery. But as for, as for the the braille display side, um,
3: yeah, I want to try one of the human yeah way. the
1: the other thing to to note, and I did not mention this for everybody out there because I forgot, is we have an app called HW Buddy. HW buddy, meaning humanware, HW, humanware buddy is all one word and it's available on iOS and on Android. And it gives you access to all of our videos, all of our how to guides. So again, if you're looking for information on and just to learn more about the products, instead of swimming through a website, or instead of reading some crazy long user manual, it can be a great way to find or read about different products or how to do things on products without actually owning product and if you or if you do own the product it can be a great resource so hw buddy is a great way to keep up with what it is that we're doing for instance all the mantis how-to guides are on the app uh, at this point Um, and the same thing will be true with BI 40. So when you're looking at learning a product or reading about a product, it can be a great resource. And that's a free app on iOS and Android. And we're, we're so excited to have new braille products. Uh, I am a braille user. I'm, I'm, Um, I'm a heavy braille user. I'm I'm a
3: braille Braille reader. I love my books in braille and it's easy. Yes. Um, what would you recommend for me just for, like, you know, like right now I have Braille Edge, although I can read books on it, but, you know, certain keys are not working, like there's some dots missing and I don't want to send it And I
1: was going to say, I mean, I, I'd recommend sending it if you can, because I'm sure that if it were serviced, you could get functionality out of it again. But, you know, it's hard to say, Senella, so I don't like to... Um, to refer products or or it's really more. So if you're reading books, I would, I would certainly tell you that I think, uh, um, you know, something above 32 cells is is ideal. Um, I, I really, uh, I know that uh, features are great on different products, but we always have to want to think about are the features right for the user? Um, Of course, you know, we're happy when when anyone buys our products, but I think more so it's important for me just as a user to think about what is it that that this user or, or a particular user is trying to use the device for? So if you tell me you're reading books, and I, I think the most important side of that is where, you, where are you getting your books from? And yeah. so a product... Like the new bi forty, if you had an instant way to download those books from Sela or from yeah it would be that would be a flawless product for you because you wouldn 't have to use your computer or some other method to get the book onto the device and that 's wow. really you know what what I would think about but um, but again, one product might be great for for someone you know like yourself, so it might be great for Senella and might be not the best product for somebody else. Um, it really will depend on what what the needs are for the for the user. But I think this new sort of intelligent Braille display side having direct access to um, To to books, just without needing to use the computer and things like that is is huge. We're super, super excited for that. So
3: and will ADP in Canada cover this? Like, it probably
1: should? would, but that would have to be approved. That is for yes. people way smarter and cooler than I am to decide. Um, that would have to run through the approval process. I know yeah. uh, our well, Canadian rep, Michelle, would, would get that done.
3: Okay.
1: So at some point, but it, those those would have to be then approved. What is the braille
3: of process. display you told NIV? N- y- N- uh, I'm sorry. What? Which was the name of the Braille display? Oh, Bi
1: forty. So the brilliant. Yeah. So the word brilliant. So b r a yeah. i l l i a n t. Brilliant. B i like Braille input four zero. Brilliant. Bi forty. um It's okay. going to be the the new generation. And yes, at some point it will certainly be approved by ADP or step or depending on which provinces folks are in it will be on those. We need to just, again, That that's a process that we need to go through though to get those products right. approved.
3: Thank you.
4: Thank
1: you.
3: Uh,
4: thanks, Peter, for for presenting here today. I'm, again, I'm, not, I'm also not a Braille user, so I'm leaning to the stream side. I have sure. an original uh, Victor stream that I have been using for a number of years. I understand that the batteries are no longer available for that, so at some point, if I am in need of upgrading, now what kind of battery life are we going to be looking at at the latest uh, Victor Stream with the GPS?
1: So Do you have an idea. Great question. Absolutely. So with the with the G, with the Victor Reader Trek, if so, the product has GPS, has Bluetooth, and has Wi-Fi and that will all come into play in terms of battery life. So if you turn, let's just say you're reading a book and you turn off Bluetooth, you turn off GPS and you turn off Wi-Fi, you're gonna be at at about that 18, 16 to 18 hours of battery life. As you run, so if you have all three of those on, you're gonna be at about 10 to 12 hours of battery life. So what I do is I turn off, usually I turn off GPS unless I'm using it, um, and I generally will turn off Bluetooth as well, unless I'm I'm using Bluetooth headphones. But I keep my Wi-Fi on so it can download podcasts. And I get about 12, 14-ish hours of battery life. But those three factors will come into play, uh, Elmer. It's a, it's a great question. So, okay. you know, it, no, it, another... it, yeah,
4: no, go ahead. You were just going to finish off there.
1: No, no. Just saying. So okay. it it will be kind of a a variable in terms of if those those pieces are running, and then also just do you have a lot of downloads in the background? So if you're downloading six, seven, eight books simultaneously, mm-hmm. um, you might be throwing your battery a little bit of a less battery life well, in there if you're you know kind of doing that simultaneously.
4: Okay. Now the other question I have is is the speaker in in the original Victor stream? If you're not using headphones, it's it's almost inaudible. Yeah. Uh, are, is there going to be some improvements? I mean, we've got iPhones and and Android phones, and that that have wonderful speaker volume without the headphones. Um, has has human wear moved ahead on that? Because I'm talking from you know first generation, so maybe it's it's been improved a lot already. I'm just. I,
1: I mean, I I'm going to flat out just say not not a ton. I mean, it's not it's not as quiet as the original stream, but it's nowhere near what you're getting on let's say an iPad pro or, or an iPhone, you know, uh, 11 plus um, you will have better, better, uh, better speaker output on a Victor reader track. You also have an outdoor volume that's much louder for outdoor usage, but what I would recommend if you're using a product like the track would be to, to use it with a Bluetooth speaker um, or your echo or, you know, some sort of a, a Bluetooth device to really jack up that volume. If that's something um, that that you would want, the internal speaker is is good, but you're not going to set it on the counter and take a shower. <laughs> you know, you're not going to hear right, it. Right. Um, so it's certainly something that, yes, I think when we when we look at the reincarnate, if you will, the next generation or whatever that may be, I think having some good internal capabilities would be fantastic Uh, but but it's not going to be a huge market difference uh, from something like a trek to that first generation stream although it will be will be slightly louder for sure
4: okay one last question and kind of a combination question i'll I'll do that and then i'll just mute myself peter is one is the gps going to be reliable i had a trekker breeze a number of years ago and uh, i've always i've always joked had i followed the instructions with it I would have lost my mobility trainer going one direction with hers and I would have ended up in the river down the hill. (laughs) And so I've always just kind of, I just shied away from it. And the other question of course is what kind of price range do you know? What kind of price range we're going to be looking at?
1: Sure. So the first question is fantastic. And and I have, um, you know, it, it's really going to come down to, when you use a GPS product um, and I I don't mean you specifically, but when, when one of, when anyone uses a GPS product, there are going to be instances where that GPS product, and I don't care if you're in an Uber, I don't care if you're sighted and you've driven somewhere a bunch of times or there will be times there's a great office episode where Michael Scott, the GPS tells him to turn right. He drives into some lake. Um, That is always going to be something that, that comes into play is GPS is not, it is not a, a a total, complete fail safe, and I I have individuals who come up to me at conferences and say, "Gosh, you know, my Victor Reader tre- uh, Trek or or my my Trekker Breeze or my Breeze Plus told me to go straight, and and it brought me into the middle of the street." And I'll say, "Well, why in the world would you go into the middle of the street? Right? Let's let's think about that here." But but definitely it will be, it is very reliable. I mean, I use the product a lot uh, here in Chicago. I use it when I'm out and about, but that doesn't mean that it replaces or, or in any way, um, you know, is my crutch when I'm traveling independently. Uh, I use, I'm a cane traveler, I, I'm not a, a dog guide traveler. Uh, but when I'm, when I'm traveling, I mean, I'm using my orientation and mobility skills. In addition to that GPS, the GPS is really, really just so I know the streets I'm coming up to not so much exactly where I might need to turn or, you know, I'm, I'm using it as a, as a, as a guide uh, as opposed to a crutch, I would strongly encourage. So if if that's a concern, uh, any of our products, you know, when, when you buy a product, you have 30 days to try that product. If you are not satisfied with the product, send it back. I mean, it is not something that we want someone to have is a paperweight when you're spending um, a considerable amount of money on, I will have to look up the Canadian price on the Trek and someone might know off the top of their head, but in the States, uh, I think it's eight. Oh man. I know it in the States. Let let me, let me look really quick while we do that. I will, I will find the answer for the price of the new Victor reader Trek, because I believe it is 849, but I could be wrong. Um, So give me a moment here and I will find that out.
0: I also know that along with the Mantis there, they're developing a 20 cell. Uh, Is that gonna (laughs) be in Canada too or no?
1: Yes, it will. But I can say, um, I I actually, so so there will be a 20 cell Braille input product um, that we're unsure of when exactly that will be available. It could very well coincide with what's going on with the 40 cell product. Um, Will have a slight variation in its um, hardware from the 40. But yes, we're looking at a very strong possibility of having a 20 cell smart intelligent Braille display that will be very similar to the bi 40 in the Canadian market. Yes.
0: And I know uh, you know sorry, but I know you did mention that rail conference last week, but uh, yes. I know also that some people can 't afford like as much as people would love forty cells there absolutely
1: no no and I have no qualms talking about it, i just don 't like to um i don 't like to talk about things that i that aren 't available because. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned over the past several years. It's uh, never talk about something you don't have. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll come back to bite me right in the toes. Now, with that being said, though, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it will be something that, so in, this, in the States, it is called the Chameleon. Um, it is done, again, a partnership with APH. Um, that product will have some flavor that will be available uh, from us as a product in Canada as a 20 cell. Uh, braille display uh braille input uh braille display. Yes.
0: That's awesome to know because that's just some people like that smaller factor and they also, you know, can afford that. And more it's more easy.
1: affordable. And it is very, 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 very portable. Um and it, you know, it, it will be something we're we're trying to get back to that model size. If anyone out there ever felt a Braille note PK, um we're Whoa, trying to,
0: that was nice.
1: <laughs> trying oh, to get yeah. back to that sort of size. So,
0: and a nice little cute little braille yes. display.
1: Um, I have a comment
2: and I have a question. My comment is that I use old human wear technology and it's very good. It's very reliable. I still use it. In fact, my problem is that it doesn't break down so I can get new ones. Um, My question is about the Q40. How do you do chords with QWERTY, with a QWERTY keyboard.
1: So it's a great question, and you you don't you're not doing corded commands. So you're using the keyboard to do, the only time you're you're brailing is if you're in an internally in a document. So if you wanted to switch to braille input, that would be in an internal document. If you wanted to. If you're controlling your computer or you're you're using the QWERTY keyboard, you you don't cord any commands. You're using the modifier keys such as control or alt uh, or the Windows key like you would on a PC. So for instance, if I wanted to print something, uh, you know, if I'm using JAWS and I'm in Microsoft Word, I would press control P to to do that. So a corded command is really specific to a Braille input kind of keyboard. So when we use a Braille display with JAWS, we might press, you know, uh, one, two, three with space or L chord to go to the top of a file. Whereas when we use something like the Mantis, we would just press control home, which is our, our top of file command when we use a QWERTY keyboard. So it really, you, you're not using corded commands.
2: So so it does have the additional buttons. Then, the additional
1: Absolutely. So it, it is a full QWERTY keyboard. So it has all of your modifier keys, control, alt, windows, function keys, um, your arrow keys, your shift keys, caps lock, tab, all of those keys you would have on a normal QWERTY keyboard. Mm -hmm. Um, The only reason you would ever type in braille is if you were in a BRF file and you wanted to switch to braille input. You don't have to use braille input, even internally. You can use the QWERTY keyboard, but if you wanted to, when you're internal on the device, internally in the note taker side, you can switch to braille input if you would like. Thank you. Great, well, thank that's you. That's
0: great. That's um, that's really great too, Peter, because I'm, I'm with you, I'm a major braille user in braille displays and everything, but I hate those commands where you have to
1: press Oh, it's Like, three
0: and <laughs> yeah. like I, I just hate that. You're
1: trying to do F six and you're pressing space eight two and then I and yeah, it it yeah. is and and again there are some deafblind users especially who like that to drive their 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 screen reader from the braille display, but it can be very difficult. Um and what's nice about this is if it's control P, you just press control P um or whatever that command is. You're just using those QWERTY keys to do that. So
2: just wanted to say peter was busy talking so i did look up for you on the humanware canadian side the humanware canadian website the price of awesome. the trek is 895
1: 895 yeah yeah sorry i i normally come in with a better knowledge of what our canadian prices are
2: and then uh, good things. thanks for the interesting uh presentation and um, this might be a little bit of a limited use case but um one of the things i've been curious about with the trek is if there might be at some point a way to uh, input um, GPS coordinates or um, to um, maybe add a, a file to an SD card that can be, can be uh, imported or something. The kind of premise of the question is uh, I've been able to, our city has put um, GPS coordinates up for their transit stops and I've been able mm-hmm. to add some of those to uh, Blind Square and accuracy and I love sure it on that,
1: I absolutely love it and geocaching and doing all I, I it was something that we had with the previous trekker products so you could bring in a um, gosh what was the file format Jerry you would probably know there there was a file format you could bring in um, using a, a, a windows creator and it wasn't cfv but it was something along those or something like that um, it is something that we're looking at and, and we would love to because a lot of times especially college campuses they will have things. Um, where you, yes, you can bring in those those coordinates and actually create landmarks. It is something that I will again pass along. It's not something that's doable now. It does not mean that we can't do it because it was something we could do previously. So I'm I'm certainly gonna I will float that up to our product manager. Um, thanks to thanks to your thanks to your suggestion there, and it's it's a great example. I mean, you have places where they have set up. Those bus stops, right, and that's extremely pertinent information to a blind traveler. So, um, certainly something I will pass along. Being able to import uh, points of interest, uh, user-defined POIs.
0: How would you do that, John? how did or How did you do it from a computer? How I don't under I don't know quite how would you do that onto the track? Would you like?
1: You would have shoot? to. So, you used to be able to create, and maybe, John, do you know what those? I could look. I, I have them somewhere on the old Trekker products. You could create. I think they were .vcf files or something.
2: Yeah, I can't remember the file format. I don't know there's uh, OpenStreetMap is OSM, but it's something else. I can't remember. something else, but it was
1: close to that. And yeah, you would take the, basically, Kim, you would take this computer program, you would get the coordinates, and you would run it through, and it would create this file that then generated a point of interest um, that you would import into your, product so at that time we had the map manager that you would use but now you would do it through the menus because we can import landmarks that are you know created by other units so if you have two or three units you can you can use multiple sd cards but this would be yes something that uh, we used to have that that we don't right now so i i will certainly float that up the up the chain uh, of command, if you will, because I would love to see that added back, both for your example as well as for college campuses. Or you know, we we have lots of times we'll go out. And I want to do scavenger hunts and things like that with kiddos, and it would be nice to to be able to do some of that. So,
0: yeah, that's really great. And I and even if you know you had other blind people that use similar routes or something, they yes. could share. Yep those that's that's really
1: awesome we will continue to do uh humanware live episodes um we now have the ability and again not not so prep you know pertinent to to folks here but um we will be offering continuing education credits and different things so we're going to continue to make and do humanware live episodes myself and andrew and others um we really we we think it's important to keep trying to keep pump out content and uh create as much as we can so i'm glad you, you found those those useful and we Peter also too, end. just sorry. before I... It,
0: yeah,
1: sorry, the, go ahead, Leo. The, the, the comments certainly about the chameleon are certainly going to be good to hear more about in the future because certainly I'm one of those like Kim who is very interested in braille displays. Yeah, it, it, there will be something. It's more a question of what it will be called and then exactly. what the... Because yeah. it won't be a chameleon, that's for sure, because that's an APH product. No, uh, the human wear flavor, there will be mm-hmm. some 20-cell product that will mirror... Um, to a large extent, what the BI four zero or the BI forty will do, I think it might have not the Bluetooth five, but it will have a lot of that intelligent capability functionality, and then with, with additional pieces, you know, some other some other pieces to it. So there will be there will be a smaller model. Uh, I'm well, sure of that as a BI as a BI fourteen user, I'm glad to hear that. But a twenty would be great. Yes, thank yes. you, Peter. Thank so, you. Thank you so much.
5: One okay. question is about the track i had one back in 2018 which was a, a dud and it it did go back uh, but i do as for many of the points you cite i do value it one thing i'm wondering also is have you ever played with the um is it what three words or the three word where you can have the three word um thing that relates to any. Grid on the planet. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, struggling to think of what that's called. Through, yeah.
1: blind, through blind square. Um, no,
5: I can't get it to work in blind square. But you, I have, yeah. I have the app of that. Uh, it's not what three words. But for example, you can get your location. That might be peaches, tomato, pickle. You mm-hmm. know, and then if you put in those three words, you get that exact.
1: Yes. Um,
5: every every. Three it's, foot it's grid like on the three plan planet is mapped. Of the
1: whole world. Yes, and I'm
5: wondering if if that could ever be integrated with Trekker. so that <laughs> because it really does help you pinpoint some of those little yes. odd places that that you can just maybe it's that side it point of the garbage can or the thing. It's just they're trying to uh, promote it, but every time I look at the app, I'm quite disappointed.
1: Yeah, um, in it's, its not very. It's not very um, well. Let's just say, well, what's the good? Well, massaged out. Yeah, Um, the
5: concept is good, but the implementation is not so good.
1: And that's what I, when I, when I talk about, you know, things being accessible or whatever, the usability is the issue there. It's not, the usability is a real concern. Um, It's certainly something, yeah, that I think we could really take advantage of. I think that we also look at looking at the future of this sort of pedestrian product, what more can we be doing? And we look at, well, we can be better identifying real-time addresses, right? We can better, we can, you know, you think of products like OrCam or some of these other products out there that try to take the environment and, and do things with it. Um, And what can humanware do to actually make those or that sort of, um, you know, service um, more usable. And yeah, I, 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 I totally would love to, implement something like that and I know we are certainly looking at what can be done um, for the pedestrian side in making better landmarking or better route creation or better just better you know more autonomy for us I mean we've come a long way uh, but there's there's a lot indoor navigation there's a or, lot of or, or signage frontiers. for so, example
5: reading yeah. signage you know yeah. you, I don't want to say out of camera but you know if you could just yeah. you're close but you can't quite figure it out you know it's it's amalgamating and having all the systems come together because right. it gets very tedious to pull out this app and then oh that one is better in a different exactly. area exactly and, and then where's the door and, and, you know
1: a lot of those things i get to my stuff. destination but where then what you know and so yeah we we i love i love the suggestion and i'll certainly okay. but well, it's just another idea of
5: and as you say it's, it's probably not a good one in that 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 whole word system never did work
1: sure yeah but not um, quite just thinking
5: thinking outside (laughs) the box a little bit
1: i love it that is a cool idea yeah
0: that is a cool idea yeah well thank you everybody thank you so much peter again and hope you get nice and healthy quickly oh i
1: will we'll be golden Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kim. Thank okay. you, everyone. I'm uh, very stop. much appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at one 877 You can follow our GTT blog at blog. If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to gtt-support plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.io.